Carlos Rota, father to Francesca and Gabriela, and grandfather to Ivan, Nicolás, and myself, was born in Quito, Ecuador, in 1935. He was the creator and owner of one of the most unique musical archives in Latin America, and a man full of secrets. He was estranged from his family and from the people closest to him. He was obsessive, and his compulsions often dominated him, sometimes even to the point of violence. Over time, we, his grandchildren, put together a sketch of what his daily routine might have been like. I imagine him repeating his circuit every single day with a newspaper under his arm, going up to his office, then down to the Cinematheque and the vegetarian restaurant, repeating the cycle for 45 years. Sometimes he reminds me of the rabbit from Alice in Wonderland. No time. No time, there is no time, you have to keep going. He'd grab a newspaper or book and read intensely for about 18 pages and then switch to something else. There's the sensation that he was motivated by an ideal of success that he never found, as though he was looking at things through a twisted prism that led him to a monstrous result. My name is Daniel Ofredo Rota, and this is Caife, The Lost Sound, a Spotify original podcast where I uncover the story of Caife, a record label founded by my grandfather in the 1960s in Ecuador. This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Essentia is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Prior to my grandfather's passing, I had been living in Oakland, California with my brother. We both felt a little bit lost living in the United States. So we organized a trip to go back to Ecuador on motorcycles with my brother and my father. In December of 2013, we started our trip south on three Suzuki DR650s. In Baja California, we lost a motorcycle and my father's passport, which meant only two of us could go on. My father, Gino, bowed out, and so Nico and I continued south. We crossed Mexico, Guatemala, Honduras, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, and Panama. When I arrived in Panama City, I felt like I couldn't continue, so I took a plane to Quito. My brother Nico took an extra couple of weeks to arrive. My cousin, Ivan, was also visiting Quito, which meant that by March of 2014, we were all here when my grandfather passed away. This is the place where you brought the tapes after you found them. For me, it was really important to have the time and space to work on this. And they were brought here also because they're not just my property, they're property of, of the whole family. And um, 
and it felt like a, like a good place to work. It was a while before I realized that this suitcase was full of reel-to-reel -reel tapes, tapes that I had discovered while cleaning out my grandfather's office, which was piled high with junk accumulated over 40 years of hoarding. It was really a gift because I got to connect with the mess through something I love, audio and music. The suitcase was full of mystery, questions, potentials, and when I saw the tapes, I felt like they were for me. They were mine. Suddenly, I felt drawn back to the city I was born in. It took a couple of weeks, but eventually I found a tape machine amongst the mess. A Grundig TK20. I took it home and plugged it in, still completely ignorant to how to use tape. I pushed play, and the sound came out, pitched down and in fragments. Imagine you're a musician dedicated to recovering sounds from the past, that you're living far from your country, separated by dozens of borders, physically distanced from your family, from your blood and roots, when suddenly you come across some tapes, you dust them off, push play, and you hear this. The sound was creepy, but also beautiful, and I was really surprised to even hear it because I didn't even realize the tape machine worked. But it was the first confirmation that this process was gonna be full of amazing surprises and that the music was interesting. I was also starting to realize that it was a massive amount of work and that there was probably only one person that was gonna do it, and that was me. I felt attached to the process and to the project. The Grundig TK20 is a German-made tape machine from the 1960s that was designed for people to record things off the radio in their homes. It was a toy for the family at a time when tapes were seen as the future of audio. For many reasons, this machine is not suitable for archival processes, but it was what I had and I did what I could. I had to make a special cable to be able to digitize the tapes and I would transfer them pitched and slowed down and then speed them up digitally on my computer. But I knew that I needed a professional machine to continue with the process. So I started looking for ads and I was lucky enough to find an announcement for an Ampex ATR 700. I went to the address and it turns out the machine was stored under a tarp in a car mechanic's shop. It wasn't the best place for the machine since it was more or less outdoors. But I tested it and it worked. I was quite pleased with myself and took it home. I connected it without any voltage protection and the machine's transformer immediately blew out. It had stopped working. I had to get it repaired by a Cuban engineer who crafted a new transformer out of copper wire, paper and shellac. Eventually, with a voltage protector, I plugged it in and it worked and it has not stopped working since. In reality, it was pure personal motivation. 
There was no remuneration involved and I was investing a lot of time. The process was long and I would spend hours upon hours next to the machine just in case a tape would break or an old splice would come loose. The process is very active and you always have to be supervising. I couldn't go for a break. I had to wait until the end of each tape to go get a drink of water or some air. The tapes are roughly 20 to 40 minutes long and you always have to be present. After a whole day of work, I'd be exhausted. From that point, I started to catalog and listen to the first 200 tapes. I made some remixes and thousands of samples. And at the same time, I started to tell this story to anyone who would listen, to give exposure to the project. At that time, I was still paddling against the current. There was a lot of skepticism around what I was doing. People thought that the music was irrelevant, that it had been sent to oblivion for a reason. Some people even saw it as obnoxious and told me to let go of it already. They wondered why I was putting my hands in a pot full of shit from the past. My grandfather was like that. There's a certain toxicity about him. It seemed like there were a lot of reasons not to do it, but there were also a lot of reasons to dig deeper. For me, it was part obsession, part curiosity. But at the same time, I was beginning to realize that Ecuadorian collective memory was going through a critical moment. There was so much work to do and so little time. I felt that there was a collective need for this work. I felt like it was bigger than me. During colonial times, Ecuador's indigenous culture came close to being exterminated. And those struggles persist even today. It is a country with a latent nostalgia that has remained in that sense of longing. Along the way, the collective memory has become blurred. There were many difficulties, but also moments that kept me going. Meeting Laura Monala was one of those. In those days, I would spend 12 hours on the tape machine. I would come out of the studio frazzled and with my eyes crossed. And one day, I went out for lunch, and on the corner, I heard a blind accordionist playing the exact same song. She was a beautiful older woman with a vibrant musical spirit. I waited for her to stop playing and went up to speak to her. One of the songs that most impacted me in those initial days was Cansados Pies. Its lyrics are deadly and sad, beautifully performed, and it really touched me. The lyrics speak of life as an endless struggle where our brightest hope is death. It is a song that describes a spiritual condition, an agrarian sadness.
We connected immediately through music and became friends. I invited her to my house and she played the song which she told me was called Cansados Pies, or Tired Feet in English. We went out for a walk, or rather she took me for a walk. I was so impressed by how she navigated the city, knowing exactly where she was, when to turn right, when to turn left, and how she'd give me directions with a light tug of the arm. All of a sudden, my own links to the Kaife universe were beginning to emerge almost naturally, sometimes even imbued with a certain mysticism that gave me more reasons to continue the search and continue the work, which was getting more and more difficult. When I heard Laura singing Cansados Pies, I was like, wow. The information is here. The story is alive. It is around me. It wasn't just my story. It wasn't just the tapes. This music was not buried. Instead, it was circulating in the air, pushed around by the wind. It was a metaphor, because Laura, who is blind, was living through her ears, and that in turn elevated the importance of musical heritage for her. Sound was perhaps the most important thing in her life. I was starting to understand that there were people who gave meaning to these things, and that those people were scattered and hidden, but out there. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. As I said before, music is a matter of life and death to her. It's what keeps her alive. Hearing Laura sing those lines gave renewed value to my mission. It was also significant symbolically. In this process, I was the blind one. I knew nothing of what I was seeing, and it was Laura a blind person who gave me the light I needed to keep looking. I started to ask on the streets. I'd talk to anyone who could have even a tenuous connection to the music of that time. Record sellers and collectors became one of the key pieces to continue putting the puzzle together. Pepe Ceballos was one of them. Right now, we're on our way to Colegio La Inmaculada a religious school in the González Suárez neighborhood in Quito, to interview Pepe Ceballos, who is a very passionate collector of Ecuadorian music. Pepe might be Caife's number one fan. He collects Caife's records, and he knew my grandfather and talked to him about music. He knows a lot about the history of the label, its members, and their stories. 
¿Qué tal, don Pepe? ¿Cómo, ¿Cómo estamos? Está, mi amigo, señor? Pepe, mi señorita, Qué gusto Pepe Ceballos is a middle-aged man of average height, respectful, elegant, and with a classic schoolteacher look. We interviewed him in an empty, huge classroom that felt like a cavern. De hacer cultura musical, porque debe saber que el señor Rota dirigió por mucho tiempo. Pepe is emphatic about Carlos's focus on having good sound engineers. He talked to them years later and confirmed that they had a lot to do with the excellent quality of the recordings. This is Carlos in an archival recording talking about the quality of the label's music. Yo quería pagar y siempre pagué las tarifas más altas, cosa que producía una reacción poco favorable entre los demás productores fonográficos. He mentions how he was accused of being a communist for paying his staff too well. A classic humble brag. En este sello discográfico desfilaron grandes artistas. Luis Alberto Valencia, Edu Benítez Valencia. Eduardo Brito Mieles. Este violinista italiano que a mí me encanta, el señor Raúl Emiliani. Juiz Raúl Emiliani. Raúl es es one of the most most remarkable characters in the label. Was he an, an incredibly gifted arranger and probably one of the people that was responsible for a lot of the strange and beautiful details and luxuries that you can hear on some of the Kaife recordings. He was a virtuoso violinist who lived an epic life. He was born in Bologna around 1920, and as a child, he was already playing the violin with such skill that Benito Mussolini, Ilducha himself summoned him and his brother Emiliano to play the violin for the visiting leader of Germany, Adolf Hitler. And so it was that two Roma children had to demonstrate their virtuosity to a person who would devote much of his life to exterminating their race. Later he was drafted into the Italian army and went to war where he suffered greatly, returning home with post-traumatic stress disorder. He suffered episodes of violence, and a doctor recommended him to leave Italy. He needed to experience new things in order to overcome his wartime experiences. And that's how he ended up in South America. Yeah. 
playing the violin in burlesque shows in Bohemian Buenos Aires, and eventually traveling north to Colombia and Ecuador, where he became director of the Emergent Quito Symphony Orchestra and musical director at CAIFE. Whenever I ask about Raúl Emiliani, people describe him as a true Roma who had a gift for playing the violin. He was also one of Carlos's closest friends and exerted a grounding influence on him. This is Raúl with Carlos in an interview on a radio program at the time. It's worth mentioning that while Raúl is telling one of his anecdotes, Carlos can't help himself and keeps interrupting him and ends up finishing the story for him. This is Paulina, Raúl Emiliani's wife. She knew Carlos well. Raúl was a counterweight to Carlos's dark side. In my mother and my aunt's life, he was a protector, a person who defended them and gave them refuge when Carlos became cruel. He was a man full of light, who gave these two little girls a loving father figure who supported them in the midst of their difficult childhood. This is my mother, Francesca, recalling a terribly painful event. She was at my great-grandmother's house when Carlos became furious and he dragged her to where the Caife factory was and said, lock this girl up with the rats. She was seven years old and Carlos was taking revenge on his mother's perceived slights by punishing his own daughter, a sick logic. Hours later, when Carlos bragged to Raúl about what he had done, Emiliani told him, either you bring Frankie and return her to her grandmother's house, or I will kill myself. For Paulina, the story is very painful, because when her husband found out that he had lymphatic cancer, Carlos introduced him to a lady who supposedly could cure him through homeopathy. But in the end, she turned out to be a fake. And when this happened, she and Carlos had many disagreements and fights. When she asked him to come see his friend and see what he had done, Carlos never came. It was the beginning of a process where I paid my dues in terms of my emotional world. It was an accounting for that deep emotional baggage which came from many sides. There were personal issues that I had not faced and did not understand. They were issues that were buried not only in my subconscious, but in the subconscious of my family. I was starting to confront a lot of darkness and things that most of us would rather not look at. It was a process that led me to a deeper maturity through a strong and strenuous path. I'm Daniel Ofredo Rota, and this is Caife, The Lost Sound.
On the next episode of Caife, The Lost Sound, we'll dive deep into the musical characters that made Caife one of the most important record labels in Ecuadorian history. Esta mi tierra linda, el Ecuador tiene de todo. Una nostalgia inmensa. Por vos bonita, por vos señora, por vos bonita, por vos señora, arandenita me muero yo.